Welcome to the Wholehearted Eating Podcast, where non-diet nutrition, weight-inclusive care, and integrative health collide. We're your hosts, Dana Montes and Christina Hoyt, licensed integrative clinical nutritionists and body image coaches. And we believe you deserve to have a joyful relationship with food in your body, even if you have a chronic health condition or symptoms that just won't quit. On this show, together and with our guests, we're bringing the real talk, no BS5, with tangible tools to help you pursue health and wellness without obsession or restriction. Remember our disclaimer, this podcast is meant for general information purposes only and should not be taken as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hey friends, and welcome back to a bonus episode of Wholehearted Eating. So as you have been hearing Christina and I saying for the past couple of episodes, and as we did last year, the podcast takes an official break in August, but to kick that off, we are giving you a best books for the first half of the year episode. So me, Dana, and my friend Kara are coming back to bring you our favorite books from the first half of the year, some biggest disappointments, and then also things that we are looking forward to in the rest of the year. If you are interested in spending August listening to more episodes on working on your relationship with food and body image. We're doing some really cool stuff over on Patreon where we're starting to drip some of the body image audit course that Christina and I launched and we're starting to drip that content over on Patreon each week. So if you are interested in that, you can go over to patreon.com slash wholehearted eating, which is our exclusive membership community platform where you can get tons of bonus content every single week, but especially for August since we are taking a break. We've been dropping a whole bunch of content over there throughout July and August specifically on body image. So if you really resonated with last week's episode on how to fix your body image in the summer, we highly recommend you go check that out. There's also a really cool new or recent feature on Patreon where if you want to try out Patreon for a week for free, you can do that. So go over to patreon.com slash wholehearted eating if you are interested in checking any of that out. And in the meantime, enjoy our best books episode. And also, if you are a bookworm, don't worry about taking notes during this episode. If you want to hear all of our best books, our biggest disappointments, things that we are looking forward to, and you want to see that in a list form, it's also going to be linked in the show notes of this episode. There are also timestamps in the show notes of this episode if you want to skip forward to the best books or the biggest disappointments or anything like that. And if you click over to patreon.com slash wholehearted eating, it will be a public link that's available for everybody and you'll be able to see the list of all of our books there. Um, my Goodreads profile says details, Waterville, Iowa. And I don't even know of a Waterville, Iowa. Like I'm from the state of Iowa, but I haven't lived there since 2011. Funny. Maybe I should update that. Weird. Anyways, continue. All right. Kick it off. So welcome back to best books for shooting the shit already. Um, yes. So we wanted to talk about first half of the year wrap up for books and I'm going to get right into it because I was telling Kara, I'm excited to tell her about this book that I've been reading right now, but only because she's going to feel validated and I'm because I'm not excited about the book. <laughs> no, I know it's so one of the things we'll talk about later is obviously like best book so far this year, biggest disappointments, whatever. This, I might be reading my number one biggest disappointment of the year right now. (laughs) And it's because you're going to laugh so hard. It's the author of The Night Circus. I'm finally reading her other book, The Starless Sea, which like 
we talked about this on the previous podcast. I love the night circus. I've read it twice. I've listened to it on audiobook. I love it. And I'm listening to the starless sea. And the first like two hours of the audiobook that I was listening to in the car, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is great. It's like cozy fantasy vibes before cozy fantasy was a thing. And then now I'm like six hours into the audiobook and like hitting my head on the wall. Like nothing is happening. And even in, even in the night circus, like I know one of the main things people complain about is that like nothing was happening, but at least there was like a game going on where like little things were happening and you were watching them develop in this. It's like literally nothing is happening. Like you're alternating between um, stories from this book that the main character is weirdly obsessed about which in the beginning was like oh this is cool it's like kind of alternating timeline pov thing and then you're following the main character as he's like finding out about this secret society and stuff which when i say it that way it sounds kind of cool but oh my god it's boring (laughs) oh my god it's just driving it's so i'm like i might stop for a while because i'm getting so sad that it's not good for me and i know other people love this book and i'm like when why how so that's how it's currently going. <laughs> I I will never, I mean, I shouldn't talk about this because I talked about this on the last podcast we did together, <laughs> but I will never understand why people love the night circus. I Meg just, liked um, it too. Over, Meg loved it too. Our mutual friend, Meg Dahl, who also has a book podcast, she loved it. And I just, I was like, I don't understand. Literally nothing happens in this book. You say they're playing a game. Can you remember a single step of that game? supposedly they're trying to find out who the best magician is. Can you remember like a single time they were, I don't know, put pinned against each other, like a stage of this game. Like I I can't, I literally can't tell you. I only read this book last year. I could not tell you a single time where they competed literally. Like I just don't understand Mm -hmm. the fourth Harry Potter book when they're doing the, what's it called? That cup. The Triwizard tournament. Yeah. Triwizard Tournament. I can tell you every single event <laughs> of the Triwizard Tournament. Yeah. They jump in the lake with the mermaids and they try to bring the people back and they fight off dragons and then they get to go through the crazy maze. I can tell you <laughs> the events. Tell me a thing for any person who loved the night circus and says that this is like this magical competition and saving the night circus. Tell me how they competed. I would yeah. love to know. No, I agree. And it is, it's much more like, cerebral of a book rather than like a plot book which like I am okay with which is why I'm like why am I not enjoying this book I don't know maybe it's just like the reading mood that I'm in right now but yeah to me it seems like I mean after after those first two hours which I did enjoy but I'm like oh my god I was listening it to it on the way to swim practice this morning and I was like, I did like, it was pissing me off to listen to it. And I was like, oh, so I'm just, I'm going to take a pause. <laughs> I'm also yeah. reading another book, which I'm actually enjoying, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> well, should we dive into favorite, favorite books? Yes. Yeah. Why don't you okay. go first? Okay. Favorite book of the year. I'm including two, but really the only reason I'm including two is because my actual favorite book, I'm fitting into like three different categories. (laughs) So favorite book of the year, The Bridge Kingdom by Danielle L. Jensen. Superb. Fabulous. I was 
so blown. Um, I also want to put in The Prison Healer by Lynette Noni. Is that how you say her last name? I don't know. But both fantastic books. Um, The Bridge Kingdom. Oh my God. There's so many reasons I love this book. First of all, you made me read the first chapter and I loved it. I made you read the first chapter. (laughs) Seriously. One of the best things that Google Goodreads and Amazon Kindle has ever done for us is just like, you can look, people don't realize that like, you don't need a Kindle to look up the first 40 pages of a book. Do Mm -hmm. it for the love of God. Like don't waste time going to the library or buy books that you're never going to read. Just read the first couple chapters, see if you enjoy it and then go forth. So I was telling Dana about this. I was like, read the first chapter of the bridge kingdom because it will blow your mind. Like it's seriously, Oh my God, it's so intense. And I found that I really love books like that, where it's like, I don't want to read a book where it's like, Oh, don't worry. Keep reading. It really picks up in chapter 20. No, I want (laughs) boom. Chapter one, you are in this world. Things are happening. Awesome. So I love that. The pacing is spectacular. The pacing reminded me of one of my favorite authors, Bridget Kemmerer. I still cannot pronounce her last name, who wrote Defy the Night, which is one of my favorite series from last year. She knows how to get to a plot. It is like, boom, (laughs) boom, boom. She's like, it's such fan. Like you're never like, oh, this book is really dragging on. No, you are in it. Loved that about it. And like the heroine is such a badass, which I need to have. Um, essentially this girl, she grows up with her dozen sisters and they grow up in a desert, completely isolated by their father, who's a King. And he's essentially trying to raise an assassin to take down the bridge kingdom. That's, that's the entire plot. And you find that shit out. Chapter one, page one, it is, you are off to the races. Love that. I also love the prison healer because the prison healer was just like the, I don't want to say like the perfect fantasy series, but it really was the perfect fantasy series. Like again, great heroine, great world building, awesome magic in it, but you're not relying just on the magical world. Like the plot is awesome. The characters are awesome. There's good romance. The YA series just, they're just, the writing is excellent. I have nothing bad to say about either of these two series. Yeah, I think I need to read those next because I've been really striking out lately. <laughs> Gotta be honest. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, honestly, thank goodness I read those two series because other, I mean, I'm so excited about them, obviously, but they're pretty much the only two series I'm crazy excited about where I'm actually begging people, like, please read this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and I texted you this yesterday, but for the entire year, and I, I don't know how many, oh yes, I do. It's all my Goodreads right now. I've read 67 books so far. That is in, you are insane. You well, are no, literally because insane. I think like 40 of those are graphic novels or manga, which is like the reading form of anime. So like, okay, it's really not. And some of those are nonfiction for work. So the actual books that I've read this year is probably 20 maybe 25 which like for me I mean judging by the fact that I read a hundred books this year 20 to 25 over halfway through the year we're recording this the third week of July is not that much right and so the fact that I've read though that many books and the I only have three reads 
that are five stars that are not rereads or manga or graphic novels is wild to me. Like I, I've had a couple of like 4.5s and like four, like one 4.75, which if you use story graph instead of Goodreads, it allows to kind of like you to get a little bit more granular there, but like even the, so I'm going to mention two of them, like one in my best books. And then one I saved is like my best sequel. Um, but the third one that I read, like it was definitely five stars at the time, but it's kind of forgettable. So I'm like, uh, it wasn't wow. really a five star. Yeah. So anyway, the best book I've read so far this year is definitely the best book so, that I've read so far this year. And it's all my rage by Sabah Tahir. This is oh, all I you gave you, Kara. Well, we, um, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so this is, and this is wild because normally if I'm giving you a best book of the year, it's fantasy, it's sci-fi, it's fantasy romance. It's something like that. This is more like memoir, but a little bit fictionalized. Like the person whose experiences this is following is loosely based on Sabah Tahir's experiences and her family's experiences of immigrating from Pakistan. And so it follows a daughter, a mother, and a grandmother, and then also this other boy and his family. And so you follow really like three generations of people who are coming from Pakistan and their experiences there with like living there with arranged marriages and wartime and everything like that. And then coming to California in the United States in the, I think the seventies and the eighties, and then the kids growing up in the nineties. And it's just like, Normally I rate books for enjoyment. I can't say that I enjoyed this book in the sense it was like, oh my God, it's amazing. It's so happy. You know, everything it is not <laughs> right. Like there are trigger right. warnings at the beginning of the book because it's someone's life. Right. And, you know, they're dealing with the racism that they, you know, experience coming to this country. And then there's, you know, they cover the period of nine 11. So obviously that was not a great time to be someone from the middle East um, in America. And it's just like, they're very hard experiences that they go through. And, you know, sometimes you're reading this book and you're like, oh, you know, they've hit like a pretty neutral or like good period. And then bam, the next thing happens. And you're just like, oh my God. And like, it was so well-written. I read her other series, which is actually a YA fantasy series called An Ember in the Ashes, which Kara is going to start reading oh, soon. Oh, which I'm actually reading right now. Yeah. yeah. And I love that series so much. So when she wrote this, I was like, ooh, I mean, I would read anything by her, but it's wildly different from obviously YA fantasy. Um, but yeah, that was my best book so far of the year. Um, the other ones that I rated 4.5, well, okay, I'll give a mention to the five, the other five star um, is Ace of Spades. Um, which I did really enjoy. It's not the one by Amanda Foodie. It's by, I don't, uh, I don't remember what the author's name is, but I'll include it in the show notes. But it's basically like if Gossip Girl and Get Out had a book baby, <laughs> it would be that. Oh my God. Um, which it was really cool um, because it's not only dealing with like awful teens in high school, but it also, again, I'm starting to sense a theme here. Books that I give five stars have like very big social commentary in a fictional world about like racism and social justice and stuff like that. But there's also murder, but it was chilling um, and also fictionalized. So it was interesting, but like kind wildly kind of forgettable. Um, but it was good when I read it. After that, I have a couple um, and I'll talk about Fourth Wing because everybody yeah. is talking about fourth wing. You like, have Kara, do you to. have any more do you want to that you want to add? Um, let me see. Okay, so you also asked me about best sequel. 
which I really couldn't think of one to go into this category. And so I just threw in another series that I happen to love. Uh, Dana knows that I feel very strongly about series. So I have basically made the decision to stop reading series that are incomplete because it just drives me insane. Uh, Dana, again, reads more than any person I know. I, I read a lot. I read 80 books last year. I've already read 40 this year. Granted, you know, you always say like, well, most of them are, you know, these anime books and half of mine are these super smutty Kindle unlimited books that are just, you could skip entire chapters and <laughs> not lose any of the plot line because there is none. It is just straight porn. So that's like my year. I've had I, last year, especially I noticed that I was, I had so many books, especially like fall when you're a reader is the best time of year because that's when all the new books come out. And I was so freaking excited for all these books to come out in September through November. And they were pretty much all disappointments to me. And I still am trying to figure out why, you know, am I, are they actually disappointment books? And, you know, you check Goodreads, you're like, are other people feeling this way? And a lot of people felt that way, you know, like, oh, I didn't like these as much. Or is it the fact that all, you forget about books, you forget like the small details versus when you have to wait an entire year for a new book to come out versus when you just get to tear through the series. So for example, with The Prison Healer, it's this awesome series that I hadn't read yet. And I got to binge through all three books. And I was like, this is epic. And so, yeah, I'm definitely putting a pause on the incompletes for a while. Um, But so I threw in Daughter of the Pirate King for best sequel, which I don't even want to say, like the title of the second book is such a spoiler for the first book. Yeah. But I don't even want to say it. Yeah, like, I that's just, true. I, I honestly don't know why the author, Trisha, how do you say your last name? I think it's Lens- Lev- Levenseller. That's, yeah, that's it. Um, I don't know why she named the book that because I, other people said the same thing. They're like, why yeah. did she, this is such a spoiler because it is a completed series now. And yeah. so, well, no, there's another yeah. one coming out. Oh, wait, shut Oh, wait, I saw that, but it's like going to be new characters. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I think it's going to be like, their daughter or something. Interesting. But it's going to be in the same world. Okay. Um. So yeah, I loved that duology it was super super awesome Mm -hmm. um yeah that was pretty great yeah I love that um so my best sequel is one of my three five-star reads (laughs) (laughs) um and it's Lord of Shadows which is the second book in one of Cassandra Clare's series I'm pretty sure it's the Dark Artifices oh nice I always forget that one yet I always forget the names of her series because they like, all yeah because all they're the all the stuff. exact same world but it's a right. fun world yeah um so it's the one that comes after lady midnight and then next is uh queen of air and darkness i think is what it's called the oh one my I gosh you. that's why I yeah the one <laughs> yeah. that you gave me and i'm staring yeah. at it right now this is mm-hmm. like a thousand page book yeah it literally is a thousand pages i'm pretty sure so that's why i haven't it took me like three weeks to read that book. And the only reason I know is because my library hold was expiring (laughs) and I was like, Oh my God, I need to finish it. Right. Um, but I was doing like a reading it and also listening to it, which did 
actually really helped. But then I got the audiobook from the library for the third one and it's 30 hours long. And I was like, nope, I can't do this right now. I'm too traumatized from the end of the second book because Cassandra Clare, like so many other authors, she will just murder your heart at the end of the second book and just leave such a cliffhanger that you're like, oh my God, I am devastated and like need to find out what's going to happen in the final book of the series. But also, oh my goodness, I, I, my heart needs some time to recover. Like it was a great book. And when you've read some of the shadow hunters books, it's just like kind of so comforting to go back into that world. And there's no like weird problematic tropes, like in the first oh one of her gosh. series, like we talked about last time. Yeah. I don't know why she did that. So strange. I mean, this one I have heard is people's favorite of her series. And they say that the third book wrecks you. And I'm like, Hmm, I need to plan out a time in my life when I can emotionally handle that. Um, Yeah. Seriously. That was my best sweet sequel. I really did. And like, enjoy most of it. It broke my heart at the end of it. Um, but I have some other books that are kind of like in the mix Right. So I have also read three buzzy, very buzzy books this year. So I read Fourth Wing, I read Legends and Lattes, and I read Yellowface by RF Kuang, which just came out in uh, May. So I'm doing pretty good at reading real new releases, if I am saying so myself, which I never yeah, do. Seriously. Which, by the way, let me call myself out. Remember last time on the podcast when I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to read Bloodmark, the sequel to Legendborn. Guess who still hasn't read that yet? It's me. <laughs> I don't know how you do that because again, I, I, I get, I, I don't know if it's like losing the hype. Or oh, I literally it. reread Legendborn so I could read Bloodmark and I still haven't read it yet. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know how you did that. Bloodmark. I mean, again, I found, I was a little disappointed about it. And no, I, I think loved, that's why I'm afraid. But I, again, I, it could just be me. You know, like when you're talking about putting down that series before starting the next book, I couldn't do that. I, I tried doing that. Sorry to interject, but I finally read the Shatter Me series, but I cannot pronounce this girl's name to Hera Mafi or something. And I had read this woven kingdom last year and loved it. And Shatter Me is, again, a fantasy series, kind of dystopian Um and there's tons of romance and everyone seems to freaking be obsessed with the series. And so finally I read it. It's six books total. And the first two books, I, my mind was blown. Okay, the first book, especially. And ever, people rip on it because there's typos in this book, but the typos are intentional. So you open up and the main character is in an insane asylum because, mm. and you don't find out why she's in there for quite some time, but she's really screwed up and she's in a same asylum. So there's purposely not periods at the end of sentences and it's very broken language because it's told in first person. So mm. it's it's purposely written like that to mimic her mind. And as she gets her mind back, then the writing is quote unquote normal. Yeah. But oh my God, like the the world and the romance was so awesome. And books one and two took this huge turn that, of course, I'm sure when the books came out, people freaking hated. But since <laughs> the series is completed, I was like, whoa, this is juicy and very interesting. Um, <laughs> On to the next And book. so I loved it. Yeah. So I was like, mm, kept going. And so I think I read three, one books one through three right in a row. And then I said, I need to take a break. And then I basically 
like had to force myself to read this series, like finish that series. It took me like all six months to read these six books. I took this huge gap between books three and four. I thought book four, nothing happened. And then like books five and six, like trying to be unbiased, I guess they were good books, but I'm just like, girl, this, this series, <laughs> A, could have been shorter. And B, it's just like, again, like I just like lose the hype. And it's like, I, I honestly, even though objectively I can say that it was a good series, I truly had to force myself to finish it. Yeah. So that's where I'm at in calling myself out. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> Sorry. But going back to some of the like hyped books that I read, right. So yeah. I want to start, start with legends and lattes. Um, okay. this one actually, I really did like, it's kind of pitched as like a very low stakes, cozy fantasy. And I enjoyed it so much. It was just like, Aww. You're like following these characters like on their journey. So it follows this. I think she's an orc and she's like this big, like badass orc who's done like all this, you know, like murder and stuff and like fought in wars. And she's been like, uh, I think a missionary for hire or, you know, all this other stuff. And she was like, you know what? I'm kind of done. I don't really want to do this anymore. I want to open a coffee shop. (laughs) So like you just follow her and like the friends that she makes and then kind of these ghosts come back to haunt her from her past but it's like so low stakes and stuff it was so enjoyable highly recommend like there's not you don't really need to put a lot of thought into that book to enjoy it right there's not like a huge magic system to learn or you know anything like that and it's like relatively short too I did the like tandem read with like the physical book and then the audiobook when I, I had both of them from the library and then I was like you know what I probably would read this again just for a good time so I got it at a used bookstore you know awesome um so that was fun and then let's talk about fourth wing because nobody can please stop talk about, fourth, about wing. fourth wing um this is okay. insane I enjoyed it right I've told you this multiple times but I haven't talked about this yet uh like publicly so if you haven't heard of it fourth wing is this like number one most popular book I think like the most hyped book of the last couple of years and it's an epic fantasy I guess and originally it was a standalone now it's getting a sequel maybe it was always going to have a couple of books I don't know um but it was good like it it pulls on a lot of the things that people really like. Like it has a unique world. Um, It has dragons as characters that actually talk and have personalities and interact. There's kind of like a deadly trials type situation. So it's almost kind of like the Maze Runner and the Hunger Games. And there's also this kind of magic school element along with the trials. It's basically like the main character, Violet, is this, you know, huge general's daughter um, in this like wartime era, right? And it's like this country has always fought with this other country and blah, blah, blah. And there was this huge rebellion. And so all of the kids of those rebellion leaders are forced to go to like the war college, basically. And the girl, Violet, is supposed to become a scribe because she wants to work in the library, like can relate and just be surrounded by books the whole time. And then she basically is forced by her mother to go to the war college. And so then what they say is three quarters of the teenagers who go to this war college die on the first day, right? So it's like, will she make it to the second day? And you have to like 
go through all these trials. And then if you make it through all the trials, then like you get to be bonded by a dragon and like all this stuff. So it's really cool. She also has a chronic illness that is not ever specifically mentioned like what it is, but basically like her joints and are hypermobile. So she's always getting injured, right? She's always in the hospital. She's always all this stuff. And then there's LGBTQ representation. There's a morally gray love interest. That's like enemies to lovers. And it's all the things. And, you know, with the amount of praise that this book has had, there's all, there's always going to be criticism of it. Right. Um, but I mean, I really enjoyed it for what it was. What I have been telling people is like, don't go into this thinking it's going to be the best book of your entire life, because that's what a lot of people are saying about it. It's like, oh my God, this book changed my life. Like I've seen, there are people on Instagram who are getting fourth wing tattoos that are literally the span of their back. Their entire back is a dragon. And I'm like, okay, stop it. You are probably 18 years old. So you need to calm down. Like, I mean, do what you ever want with your, whatever you want with your body, but damn, that's an extreme decision to make based on one book. Um, which as someone who has a book tattoo, not always the best decision, <laughs> right? So, because you never know what the author is going to do, um, or what's going to happen with the books. Like you might hate the next one, who knows? Um, but no, I really did enjoy that book. The only like major or slight criticism I would say is it does get a little bit slow at points in the middle, but then I just kind of picked up the audiobook and I was like, Oh, I'm actually really enjoying listening to this. You know, in the beginning I was like, Whoa, this is really cool, but I wasn't like drawn in. And then there are other points where you're like, Oh my God, I need to find out what happens next. And then you do get invested in, um, it's not a love story, but like the budding romance and the tension and all of that stuff. And there are some smutty scenes, you know, it's not like a Kindle unlimited book, but there are some, Um, And so people really loved that too. But I mean, overall it was really good, but again, it didn't like change my life, but I will read the sequel when it comes out. (laughs) For sure. No, I'm definitely waiting um, for the sequel to come out so I can read both back to back. Yeah. Cause uh, I thought it was going to be a standalone, which is why I, right. (laughs) Oh (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Listen. Okay. So I live in Washington DC. So take that. Like I, I live in a very large city. Um, and all the libraries in DC work together. There are 1,000 people in line for this book. There are 90 copies in play. I am 751st in line (laughs) as of like two days ago. And I started as number 800 or something. It's ridiculous. That's wild. And then Yellow Face by R.F. Kuang. So this is such an interesting book. I think you will love reading this book, Kara, because you're okay. a writer. Um, so this premise is so interesting. So R.F. Kuang is an Asian American author that has published four New York Times bestsellers. So three are in her series, The Poppy War, which is a completed series that we both need to read. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's about the Sino-Japanese War. Um, and then... The other one that came out last year, which I also still want to read, is called Babel, um, which was wildly popular last year. Goodreads Choice Awards winner, all of that kind of stuff. So this book is more of a literally literary fiction in the sense that it's following this one white author who is friends with an Asian American author who suddenly dies. The Asian American author is wildly popular, right? So we're starting to see these like mirror effects with like, um, with RF Kuang herself and then other very popular young Asian American authors and sometimes not even American, sometimes just Asian authors. And so then 
this white author steals the unpublished, unseen manuscript from her dead friend and publishes it as her own. Mind you, the manuscript is about Chinese migrant workers during World War I. So it's very specific. And she changes her name. So she passes as kind of like ambiguously not white, right? And it's just, it is, I have never hated a main character so much and also been so riveted and be like, I need to find out what's going to happen in this book. It was wild because you're basically just following this white author's journey of stealing this manuscript, constantly comparing herself to her dead friend, the Asian author, Athena. And then like this white author thinking like, oh, like I'm being discriminated against and like, oh, they're being racist against me and blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, what? Like how, how are you having these thoughts? It's just so wild. Like if you need a book, that's a super fast read that you just want to be like, what? Like your brain is just scrambled and you need some anger in your life, which like none of us do, but if you none need of us some do. anger, then real life for that. We have the Supreme court for that. Oh my God. I know. Well, if you want to be angry about something in a book, then definitely read this one. It was wild. And again, I wouldn't say that it was like a, Oh my gosh, I enjoyed this book so much, but wow. I'm glad I read it. It was like, and I, again, I haven't read any of her fantasy books, right? The Poppy War, Babel, anything like that. But now I'm like, oh, hell yeah. I would read anything that this person writes. <laughs> oh my goodness. That sounds incredible, honestly. Yeah, it was, it was a good time. Any other like honorable mentions you want to throw out? I have like one I would throw out. No. <laughs> no. Okay. No. Fair. I don't have any others. The Bridge Kingdom is honestly, um, Dana sent me a bunch of bullet points for me to run through. And The Bridge Kingdom is in so many categories. <laughs> Best book of the year. Biggest surprise. The Bridge Kingdom, if you are on Kindle, Kindle Unlimited, Bridge Kingdom is on it, which blew my mind. Because mm-hmm. again, it, sometimes it's just chaos in there, but <laughs> there are some really good gems. Um, and then that was also my favorite new author. Okay, so I'll put one in there for an honorable mention. I'm, I'm, this was not a five-star read. I would like to say that. And I, I'm openly saying this book is not for everyone. It was very much the same energy as, what's that book that I lent you that you hated? <laughs> um, a, deadly, a Deadly Education. Oh, okay. Do you remember that book? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's just the, the writing style is not for everyone. And, um, but then you liked, again, <laughs> coming Full circle, bringing it back into the night circus. The night circus has no dialogue at all. There's like maybe three sentences the entire book and you still loved it. So I don't know. Yeah. But anyways, this particular book, not that much dialogue. It's the, you will have pages of like, you know, so it's not for everyone. It's not this epic read, but I'm going to throw in there Emily Wilde's Encyclopedia of Fairies. So I got this for two reasons. A, who wouldn't want to read the Encyclopedia of Fairies? I mean, come on. And then two, Stephanie Garber, who wrote Carabao, which is my favorite book of all time, recommended it. And so I was like, and she never recommends books ever. Mm-hmm. She just shows what she gets in her book mail, but she never actually says if she likes the books or not. And then she said mm-hmm. that she really enjoyed it. So that's why I read it. Um, and it's literally this girl and she's it's said in this world where fairies are real and she is getting her PhD in this, like, studying fairies. So imagine if you're like an archaeologist and you go on a dig 
she is going on this expedition to write her encyclopedia to study fairies. And so there are like footnotes in there and it can be very um, dry at times because the main character is supposed to be a scholar. And so a lot of the, this is about a four star book for me. So a lot of the criticism was just nothing happens in this book. I, some things happen. Like there's romance and there are, there was like a plot and, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I, it's just like the, it's so rare that you get a book that's completely original. Like that's what Dana and I, that's what Dana warned me about fourth wing. She's like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's dragons. And I guess that's kind of different compared to other bestsellers, but she's like, nothing was crazy different. This yeah. book was wildly different than anything I've read before. Like, have you ever read an encyclopedia of fairies? Hell no. So that's why I want to say like, it was, it was kind of cool. It was in a very like cozy read, like say this for a winter read kind of mm-hmm. thing. And I'll definitely read the sequel. It sounds like Legends and Lattes, like same kind of yeah, vibe. That's honestly, I was thinking, I honestly wasn't even going to mention it until you mentioned that book. I was like, okay, I'll throw this cozy one in there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I have another, this was like a, big surprise for me totally opposite of what you're describing right now um (laughs) just like chaos oh my god it was chaos so speaking of unreliable narrator from shattered me right so there's this book called the push by ashley audrain it is fucking wild so (laughs) you're following again here we go multiple generations of women that are all massively dealing with mental health issues and the main character her name is Blythe so she and her husband have this like great relationship they met in college blah 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 and then they have a daughter and this girl is messed up we're talking like she is violent towards other kids like there's a question of like did she kill someone and it's just like a whole, when she was like six by the way um and it is just like you don't know the whole time if you can trust the main narr- the narrator's perspective because she is an unreliable narrator. And the way that like I could not stop reading and listening to this book, like I was listening this like to and from swim practice back and forth. And I would just be like bug eyes in the car. Like, <laughs> oh my God, what is happening? And then you go through all these different perspectives of like, her and then you see why she is the way she is because you follow her mother's story and then you see why her mother is the way she is because you follow her mother's story and it was just like so wild and like when I tell you the last sentence of this book had my jaw on the floor it was just wild now the disclaimer is I don't have kids and the people who recommended me this book also don't have kids so I don't know if it would be triggering to someone who has kids, not because there's like any domestic violence in terms of like her kids are getting hurt, but there are like her daughter is like intentionally hurting other kids. So that's just a disclaimer in there, but it was wild. And again, I can't say that I like enjoyed it, but it was riveting. (laughs) Yeah. Like you can't like, again, there. You have to read with your mood. That's why yeah. it's so hard to get book recommendations. Because I'm like, well, what are you into? What are you yeah. into right now? Because yeah. some books I didn't give five stars to, but I still think about them. Yeah, like they it was still right for the time. My mind, mm-hmm. yeah, and just like, or they're just like crazy original, or just like so unique. Like again, like Shatter Me 
did not end up being a five-star um, series for me, but those first two books were so freaking original. Mm-hmm. I was like, like, this was not your standard dystopian thing. Like I still think about it kind of. Yeah. Thing. Well, so speaking of that, the book we were talking about the other day, um, or that I recommended the other day that you were looking through my favorites list. So speaking of Trisha Levenseller, right. Who'd wrote daughter of the pirate King. Um, yeah. and the sequel that we will not speak the name of because not speak of. <laughs> um, Although but, it's like, they're clearly going to see it on the internet, but yeah, right. I just read the pirate King. Right. So she wrote another book called the shadows between us and people pitch this as like a Slytherin romance. And I binge read this on my way to Hawaii last year, like the entire plane ride. I just read it. And w- Trisha Levenseller's books, I will say are always bingeable. Right. They are like, you mm-hmm. can just fly They're super through fast. Them. Yeah. Um, at the time I was like, oh, that wasn't nearly as good as daughter of the pirate King or the sequel, or, you know, like I enjoyed those so much more, blah, blah, blah. So I think I gave it like a three and a half star. Like it was fine, but it wasn't like, I was kind of like left wanting more when I tell you that was a year and a half ago. And I still think about that book. Sometimes again, I bought it at a used bookstore and I'm going to reread it. <laughs> like- yeah. Like there's something to say about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you want to go to biggest disappointments? Cause I have a lot of them. Yeah. I have so many, but again, some of them are my fault because yeah, I, think I read some of these might so be my fault many. Too. Yeah. I had a lot going on this year. I had some big, like massive work projects that were so like took all of my energy. And then on top of that, I had some family, like, I read to complement my life. And mm-hmm. so if life is chaos or stressful, I don't like an epic fantasy read, even though it's awesome, isn't the best thing for me to read. Cause I'm just, I'm just trying to wind down. So that's when I would choose like a super smutty romance or something mm-hmm. that I could just read when I'm half asleep kind of thing. But then it's like, what am I doing to myself? I hate, I didn't enjoy all these books. I know. I and think that's so, my problem this yeah. year too. It's like, I don't, I haven't really read any epic fantasy. And I think that's why I've been so disappointed by yeah. my books this year. It's like, you need to, I was like, why am I reading all these books? It's like, yeah, they match my mood, but you need to like put in work to a book in order to enjoy it. Like the mm-hmm. ones that I'm just flying through to, again, wind down for the evening are I so forgettable and just, or just straight bad. And so, yeah, some of these, yeah, some of these I totally did to myself. But other ones, they actually were disappointing to me. Okay, you go yeah. first because I know you are like dying to talk about all your disappointments. Oh my God. So, okay, a lot of these are either books that were really hyped um, or books that are from authors that I loved, which is why they're so yeah. disappointing. <laughs> that's so, a- that's actually what's like heart-wrenching. Yeah. yeah, this is what's heart-wrenching because I'm pretty sure this was my best book of last year or maybe the second best book of last year. So I talked about how I love Lainey Taylor's writing and Strange the Dreamer. I definitely talked about on our last podcast. I hated the end of the second book. Like, no oh God. <laughs> it was a duology, right? And I was like, oh my God, the, the first book, a hundred percent five stars. I loved it so much. Like, uh, again, I don't know that you would love it because it is, it's, it's kind of a mishmash of like Aaron Morgenstern, which is the night circus. And then also Stephanie Garber writing. So like, there's a lot of stuff happening, but she also has the like atmospheric descriptions and all of that stuff. 
the end of that book had me in a chokehold right now. Like you, this massive things happens and you're just like, Oh my God, you're seriously going to leave us on that cliffhanger. So of course I went right into the next book and the beginning you then all of a sudden after, you know, whatever, 400 some pages of following basically these two perspectives and their kind of small worlds, you then get like, you follow these random other perspectives and you're like, uh. For the whole time, you're like, how is this even remotely connected to the first story? And I just, I hated the other perspectives. And then even, you know, of course they do the epic fantasy thing where like all of their perspectives come together and like, it's supposed to have solved itself. And you're just like, it just seemed like so diametrically opposed. Like it didn't work. It was almost like Strange the Dreamer is like a complete fantasy world. And then the second Mm -hmm. one was like hard sci-fi and they tried to like, merge those together and I was like what is happening so that was such a disappointment because I love Strange the Dreamer so so much and I've loved all of Lady Taylor's other books like it was such a disappointment that I actually got rid of the second book because I didn't want to look at it anymore (laughs) yeah Oh my God. God. And then, um, let me see another YA author. So I love Marie Lu's books. If you ever need to just like fly through something, her legend series is so good. Um, completed. It's like a 2012 to like 2015 series. Then war cross is another duology that she has that I absolutely loved. I also read her young elites series last year, which is kind of like, Do you remember that old show Heroes? (laughs) No. So it's like these kids that have that find that they have like powers or whatever. But this is like the evil version of that. So it was cool because you're following all of these kind of like evil Slytherin type characters. Right. And it's kind of like a Robin Hood save the people type situation, but they're bad. So like, are you rooting for them? Are you not rooting for them? That kind of thing. So I liked all of that stuff. I've never given any of her books like under 3.5 stars. So I read one by her called Sky Hunter, which is more like dystopian. And it was just like, I didn't DNF it, but I should have. <laughs> it was that kind oh of Oh my book. God. And I was just like, Ugh. like it was a really interesting premise but it just kind of fell flat and there is a second book in it. And I was like, I'm not even going to like, no, just not there. Oh yeah. I mean, I have more, but you go ahead. <laughs> okay. All right. So again, I agree with Dana. I concur that the most actual disappointments are the ones that you really wanted to love. And it just completely fell flat. Like my Kindle unlimited. I knew what I was getting into. Like I knew these were not going to rock my world. Right. Okay. So I hate saying this, but, um, again, I love, because one of her other books was my favorite of the year. So who wrote, sorry, who wrote the daughter of the pirate king again? Trisha, love and seller. Okay. So, um, the, what do you say? How do you say? Oh, master of iron, which is the second book in the bladesmith series. I, that was a big do not finish to me. I couldn't take it anymore. So this is another one that I read the first one. Uh, it's called Blade of Secrets. Did not rock my world, but <laughs> I did that King, one. <laughs> yeah. And it was, I read, so I finished it. I was like, okay, that was fine. Whatever. But then I read the Pirate King and I loved that so much. I was like, oh, I have to go back and finish that other series of hers. 
it was brutal. I could not get on board with it. And apparent, I felt bad because apparently this main character was my, was my biggest problem. She was so whiny about everything. And like every single thought of hers is like, I can't do anything about my sister. And I was just like, oh my God, like get, you're in book two, like get (laughs) over yourself. And so I just like, couldn't take the self-deprecation anymore. Apparently Trisha had based this character on herself because the character has severe social anxiety. And so that's what she's supposed to be feeling and stuff. I, I didn't even feel like it was like social anxiety. Like mm-hmm. I felt like it just came off as like whininess and self-deprecation and like a complete, a just like complete codependence. Mm. And I just couldn't, I was like, I am not cheering for this person. Like I do not, it just got to a point where I was like, I cannot read one more sentence about this girl and her codependency about her sister. And so I just put it down. I couldn't stomach it. And that killed me because again, I love this other, like, I love this author. Like her other works are so great and stuff. That was by far the biggest disappointment of my year. That's so tough. Yeah. Um, Okay. I put down bloodmarked as well, but I'm not going to gripe on that too much because I still am absolutely reading book three. Mm -hmm. It could have been my, it could have been my fault. Like I, maybe it was because I don't remember some of the specifics of book one. And then the last one, oh, I have two more. Okay. Um, Serpent and Dove, which like, <laughs> obviously I love fantasy and romance. So everyone was talking about this on Instagram. I really, and it's, it has some smut. I don't think it was that smutty at all. Um, <laughs> and so, but again, I have a different level of like smuttiness, but it, I couldn't find it at the library. So I downloaded it from Kindle. I just did not buy into it at all. I'm not, I honestly, I'm not sure if I'm going to finish the series. So that was a big letdown to me. Just one of those that I'm just telling people you can skip this. It's just overhyped. Mm-hmm. And then last bit was misfit. And this was also an author that I love. L Kennedy wrote the off campus and Briar U series, which is this um, ongoing series. Each one is a standalone, but it's within the same companion books I guess and Mm -hmm. it's about a hockey it's a smutty series about a hockey team and I love it I think they're just adorable books although I just lent them to Meg no I didn't I bought them for Meg because she had surgery and I was like oh my god read this smutty series when you're laid up and totally drugged up and all your painkillers recovering from surgery and she dnf'd it and she just feels so guilty she couldn't think that i gave her four books she didn't finish one she's like she's like i read the word husky three times in three pages i cannot do this <laughs> i was like oh my god i was like i totally stood behind this recommendation and then i like <laughs> swallowed my tongue so those were my biggest disappointments of the year that i actually oh my deserved god. Okay, I have some other popular books that were disappointing to me. Um, so remember how the love hypothesis was so hyped last year and uh, the year before, and it was not. It wasn't worth it at like all. okay. There's again, like one smutty scene in there. Well, that and it, it was also just like for the amount of hype that people were talking about this book is like, oh my god, like I love Allie Hazelwood, like this is the new standard for romance and blah blah blah. I was just kind of like, what? Again, there were just pages and pages and pages in there that were just so boring to me. And I don't mean about the science in there, right? Because Allie Hazelwood's whole thing is like, oh, women in STEM and everything. That part was super interesting to me. That's cool. It was like 
parts of their relationship was so boring to me. It was just like or just super unrealistic. Yeah, Sorry, but like that scene that they're in an actual science lecture and she's sitting on her lap. Yeah, I would have never done that in college. No. Like no. sit on a professor's lap. Are you kidding me? No. When you're working in academia, no way. That's so unrealistic. Yeah. And then of course there was the like, and I, I, one of the things that I'm realizing I hate about any book in general is when there is an abuse of power dynamic, usually between like some, whether it's like a teacher or, you know, whatever, like a man. And then the woman is like, oh, like subordinate, low as me. Yeah. Subordinate type thing. And there was just this like gross trope that was used in there with like the friend. I think you remember that scene. God, I hated that so much, but it was basically like, I don't even know if I should explain it because it's kind of a spoiler. We'll leave it there, but I hated it. God. Yeah. And then I think, and I haven't read her second book, which is Love on the Brain, but I'm reading Love Theoretically right now. And I think I'm like 40% in or something. And I'm really enjoying it so far, way more than I enjoyed The Love Hypothesis. But we just hit something. And I think she's going to use that freaking trope again. And I'm like, could we not write anything more? Like, yes, I know the point of these books is to show what it's really like to be, or okay, fictionally, what it's like to be a woman in STEM. And it's really hard and everything like that. But do we have to use basically the same trope in every book to like yeah. knock the main character down a few pegs? Do we have to do that? I hope not. Again, that the sentence that I just ended in on was like, and then this person walked into the room and there's like clearly a history with that person. That's a little bit questionable. And I'm just like, did we have to do this again? So right. we'll see. You all will have to wait six months to find out my thoughts on this. <laughs> so sorry about that. Um, another one that I just was like, I don't understand why people like this so much is tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, which was a hugely hyped book last year. It was like, I think it, it was either like uh, either the New York Times or Washington Post or Barnes and Noble, like best book of the year or something. Or actually, that might have been Lessons in Chemistry. But it, this was like up oh, there with I Lessons hate, in Chemistry. That was a big DNF for me. Jeez. Right. So tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, the premise is really interesting. So it's following these two people who are really good friends when they're very young and they play video games together and they met in the hospital when one of them was sick and then one of their sisters was sick. And then you kind of like follow them throughout the years as they become video game designers together. And they like build this whole company and everything like that. I've heard it described as like the prequel to Ready Player One as like the Mm -hmm. game that they're designing is basically what becomes the storyline of Ready Player One, which when you put it that way, it sounds really cool. But God, these two main characters were insufferable, insufferable, Kara. Like I could not stand them. They were both just like so head in the sand. And like, I I understand that that's like just their personalities. But like what I don't understand is how people raved about this book so much because it is a little bit of a, it's not a memoir, but it's just following these two characters' lives, right? So it's not so much as like, oh my gosh, all this plot stuff is happening. Like, yes, you're following them create these video games, which I think was the coolest part, but it's also just like a character study in human emotions as they go through life and fall in and out of, you know, relationships and all of this other stuff. But I found myself listening to the audiobook on like 2.5 speed. 
could I l- understand anything that was being said? No, but I was like, I just need to get through the end of this book. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's bad. So that was very disappointing. <laughs> yeah. And then let me see. I did have two other ones. Um, one was All of Us Villains, which is like an evil version of the Hunger Games, I would say. Like That's all the cool. kids well, are evil. Sounds cool. Well, it's the premise again was so cool. It was like, there are these seven warring magical families and whoever's kid war- wins the blood tournament gets the high magic for the next 20 years or something. That sounds freaking awesome. In execution, sucked. So boring. It was <laughs> like, how did you take this great of a premise and make it that like, I did not, did I finish that book? I'm pretty sure I did. But I, again, turned on the audiobook super fast. And it was like, again, the premise was so cool. Like you're following the perspectives of these different families and you get to know the kids and why their families are so awful and why they have to be sacrificed to this tournament and everything like that. And why they want high magic in the first place and why these families are warring. And so for the first, like, I don't know, 50, 75 pages, you're like, yeah, this is so cool. I was tabbing the shit out of that book. And then- (laughs) When the tournament started, I was just like, so we're just going to forget everything that we just set up in the first hundred pages. Like, I don't even know how it happened. It was like the author switched. Like they just put a different person in there and they're like, oh yeah, like you have a go. And it was a bad go. So unfortunately that one was bad. Um, The other one, and this, this is a Kindle Unlimited one, and this is my last one. So last year... I think last year or maybe earlier in the year, I read A Touch of Darkness by Scarlet St. Clair, which is a Hades and Persephone, not retelling, but it's Hades and Persephone and they're in like more of a modern world called New Athens. And so there's like the the people world that also has gods in it. And then there's like the underworld and Olympus and all that stuff. Right. The first book was cool. Like it was different. I never read anything like that before. Persephone was really whiny and annoying sometimes because she's like a college student in New Athens or whatever. And, you know, Hades is like a thousand years old or whatever. Um, (laughs) But I did enjoy it for what it was. So then I, not liking Persephone's perspectives as much, she, I had heard that she wrote the series from Hades perspective. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is going to be my jam, right? Because I loved Hades chapters and all of that stuff. But it was like basically just the same book, but from Hades perspective. So I was like, okay, I need to put good distance in between this so that I can basically Mm -hmm. read so many books that I forget what happened in this one. And then I can read it from Hades perspective. Oh my God, it was a snooze fest. (laughs) Uh, It was so boring. And I was like, what the heck? Like, how did I, cause a touch of darkness was the kind of thing where like, I haven't read a ton of Kindle unlimited books. Right. But the ones that I've read, I've been pretty lucky, I think. And that was the kind of one where like, you're reading it and you're like, oh my gosh, like I can just stay up 15 minutes more. I can just stay up 15 minutes more. Was I up until three o'clock reading this book? No. But was I up until one reading this book? Yeah. Reno, which is like okay. life for me. Um, and I really enjoyed that. And then I read a game of fate, like maybe a month ago or something. And I was like, what happened? <laughs> what happened to the book? Uh, so yeah, as you all can tell, I had a, it was very easy for me to make my list of disappointments, disappointments. but not easy for me to make my list of best books so far this year, which is really unfortunate. And I'm hoping I have better luck in the second half of the year. Oh my God. 
Um, speaking of second half in the year, what are the things that you are looking forward to the most? I have because I have a huge list. I mean, fall is the best time. That's mm-hmm. when everything comes out in September through November. I have yeah. a handful that are coming up out in January, but oh my gosh, fall is the best for book reading. Yeah. Well, you start because I just talked a lot. So. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. I have so many. Um, a Curse for True Love, which again is by Stephanie Garber, author of Caraval. And then I don't even know what she's calling this book. It started with um, uh, Once Upon a Broken Heart mm-hmm. and the second book. So I, I I liked this series. I did not, I'm not obsessed with it. Like I was obsessed with Caraval and remain obsessed with Caraval. Mm-hmm. But the second book was the most heart-wrenching <laughs> cliffhanger of last year. Like that you saying tore that. me apart. And the author was trying to pretend that it was a duology and that was just like done. And I remember texting Dana. I was like, okay, just Freaked so you know, out. this book is not, this, there's nothing is this. You can't hide this secret. Obviously there's another book, which there is. So that's coming out. Um, the Throne of the Fallen, uh, which is by Carrie Maniscalco. I cannot pronounce that last name. That's the Kingdom but she of wrote, the Wicked author, right? Yeah, she wrote Kingdom of the Wicked, which I loved. I wasn't like in, I loved the series. The last book I thought like wasn't as wonderful as the first two, but still, like I would still call it a five star series. And she also wrote, which I have checked out from the library, um, Stalking Jack the Ripper. Oh, yeah. Which was a New York, yeah, which was a New York Times bestseller like years ago. That was, I think that was her first series. So that's coming out and it's an extension of it's in the same world as kingdom of the wicked uh, because it's based on the seven kingdoms of hell. And so each of the kingdoms they're based on sins, right? So there's the sin of envy. There's a sin of wrath. There's a sin of gluttony. It, it goes on and on. And so each of the kingdoms has its own prince kingdom of the wicked is about the, the prince or king of wrath. And now it's going to, I think she's going to write one standalone book about each of the other princes or kings. Oh, cool. And it's about Envy, who made random appearances in the first series. Also, okay, so one thing that was surprising about book three in Kingdom of the Wicked is it switched from YA. So um, Sarah Mass has done this before. She like mm-hmm. switched from YA was the first two. Third book was not YA. Like that was like young. That was like new. I think they classify it as new adult. Like there was yes. some smut in there. And so now she's just sticking with it. It's she's done with YA. And so it's going to be, she's like, yeah, if you thought that was spicy. She's openly said on Instagram, like it's going to be super spicy. And then one of my favorite authors, Bridget Kemmerer, Destroy the Day, which is the third oh. installment of. Defy the Night. Defy the Night. Thank you. I keep forgetting things. And that is one of my favorite series that's coming out in January, but I threw Mm -hmm. it in there because I'm so looking forward to that. And then lastly, so my favorite romance of all time was this random book I found on Kingville Unlimited called The Words Mm -hmm. by Ashley Jade. It's like a little darker, but not like bully romance dark. It's just like they have really, the characters have a very traumatic backstories. And so I loved the words. That was a standalone, but a companion duology has come out. So, and I'm in this author's Facebook group. Well, I didn't even know this still existed, which is so funny, but it's very active. And so she wrote, the, the books are called The Choice and the Consequence. 
the choice came out. I was like, I loved the words. I'm not letting this happen to me. I refuse to read the choice until the consequence comes out. Well, the author is a romance author and she just got divorced. And so this book was supposed to come out in March and it has not come out yet. And she is just like, she's completely faced and she's like written so many like she's very active in her Facebook group and she has openly just like apologized to her audience. And she's like, I am so sorry. She's like, this is exactly what's happening. Like try, I can't, I physically cannot write this book right now. Like I cannot write a love story when I am going through a divorce right now. Like it just, cause like authors write how they feel, you Mm -hmm. know? And so which like, good. Yeah, girl, like go do you and like fix your shit and, you know, get your <laughs> head right. And then like, come back, like, you know, there's a million other of her books to read, but I'm definitely looking forward to it whenever it happens to come out. Yeah. I mean, um, the only two I had written down were the third one in once upon a broken heart, because I'm now starting to reread Caraval. And then oh, I'm going to reread all the way. Read all of them. Oh yeah. my gosh. I'm so excited for you. Please text me the whole time. I'm so excited for you to reread it. I know. It's been so, a while for you. Well, yeah. So this is what I'm doing with unfinished series, right? It's like, I'm not reading them until the final book comes <laughs> out, right? So like Karen and I have been kind of, and here's a question for all of you. We've been trying to find completed series that yes. we can now just read right while we're Send kind them of in. waiting for the uh, these other ones to come out and I do have a couple that I definitely want to read that are like the poppy war for example right um which is completed but so as soon as like <laughs> remember I was going to read once upon a broken heart as soon as it came out because again we thought it was going to be a standalone and then the second one right. came out and we went to the book signing and then you said okay, no, I was going to wait to read Once Upon a Broken Heart until I had the second one in hand, the which is when we were going yeah. to the book signing, which then you got sick for and couldn't come, which sucked. But hopefully she'll come back and we can <laughs> just go for the third book. So then I, when you said, and when she was like heavily hinting, oh, there's going to be like an announcement after the book tour is done. She was like, surprise, there's another book coming. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not touching this, especially because no. what you said about the cliffhanger, I was like, it needs to be like, within a week or two of the final book coming out that I need to finish the second book in Once Upon a Broken Heart. So I have five books to get there, (laughs) three Caraval books, and then two of those. But honestly, I'm pretty sure I read the Caraval series in a week when I first read it. So yeah, I need to somehow space it out. When I reread Caraval, so I already knew what was happening. (laughs) I read a book a day. Like I I read three books in three days. Like just- And again, I knew what happened, but it's mm-hmm. still just like so epic. I know. I'm excited um, for that. Yeah. I don't think that you should finish those five books within a week or two of them. I, like it's, it's brutal. I would line it up so that like you have number three <laughs> in hand or it's out for delivery yeah. from Amazon or Barnes and Noble or wherever mm-hmm. you bar- like buy it from. Oh yeah. I pre-ordered the next it for day. sure. <laughs> Cause it was, it was brutal. Oh my God. Okay. Here we go. Oh yeah. Okay. I do have more. Okay. (laughs) So I have (laughs) a curse for true love, which is not coming out until November 1st. Kill me now. Um, I did buy, which I don't know if you saw this, but daughter of the pirate King just got new editions from Barnes Mm -hmm. and Noble. Oh, they look really cool. So I bought the first one. That's not a pre-order. I've already read it. I'm going to reread that. Um, so another series that I have read three, 
of the books of, and the author has said there are going to be seven books in the series. But of course, it's one of those who's like writing another series at the same time. So like the first series got kind of derailed, driving me crazy. But um, that one is The Bone Season. So this first book came out actually in 2013. It was a random book that I picked up at the book sale where I volunteer at my high school. And I flew through the first one. But she wrote this in 2013 and her publisher was like, hey, it's 10 years later. Do you want the opportunity to rewrite the first book and do things that you didn't either think of or get to do before because you've grown so much as an author? So she's doing a 10-year anniversary edition. I know. And it is beautiful. And I can't wait to get that book and reread it. So I guess that's technically an anticipated release because it's coming out next month. Um, the cover is so cool. And then I guess she's going back to this series. So anyway, the author is Samantha Shannon. She's the one who wrote Priory of the Orange Tree and A Day of Fallen Night is the prequel that just came out. I think it was this year. So that's what she's been focusing on. Those books are over a thousand pages long, but that's supposed Uh to be only two books in that series. So hopefully she can go back to the bone season, which has four in it. Um, Then I pre-ordered Iron Flame, which is fourth wing number two by Mm -hmm. Rebecca Yaros, because I don't want to have to be a thousandth in line in order to wait for that. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, And then I actually just remembered, so you did not like this book. And by the way, do you still have my book of this? Um, Red Rising. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, You can have it back. I'm not going to Yeah, because you didn't like it. You tried to convince me to read it twice. I'm like, I don't want to read this. Eh. So I loved that series. So originally it was just a trilogy, right? And so now Pierce Brown, the author, is writing a second trilogy. And the third book in that trilogy is just coming out, I think, next week actually when we're recording this. So like early or end of July, early August. Um, And so it's following like same characters in the series, but like 15 years later. And that first, not the first, the first book is my least favorite of that trilogy. Second book, perfect book. Third book, oh my God, such a chokehold that it had on me. And then I thought it was done, right? And then a couple of years later, it was like, okay, also we're coming out with this second trilogy, right? Like, so it's first like era one or whatever is like complete. So you don't have to like reread all of the books. Will I? Yes, because I forgot everything. But so now there are going to be six total books of like era one, era two, and the sixth book is coming out soon. So I will eventually also read that but I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna destroy me so I'm a little afraid (laughs) yeah I mean it's so funny when authors do that so I didn't even think about it until you started saying that but that's what happened with the Shatter Me series which I have such conflicting um feelings about the first she wrote three books and it was supposed to be a trilogy it was supposed to be done and then four years later probably because the sales were so awesome she wrote another three Mm -hmm. and it was just Again, I felt like it could have been a four books. I just, it, she could have skipped an entire book kind yeah. of thing. So yeah. very interesting. I've heard really good things about, I guess, number four and five technically, because it's also, so it's, it's really interesting because you're following the main character from the Red Rising series, whose name is Darrow. Mm-hmm. And then you're starting to realize like, wait, we thought he was so virtuous in the first three books, but is he actually evil? Right. Because from what I heard is you're, there's another war going on and you're falling dual perspectives from both sides of the war. So then you're like, 
wait, <laughs> was the single perspective that I was following for the first three books, which is on one side of the war. Was I wrong the whole time? Right. So you start to like doubt yourself, which sounds so interesting to me. So we'll see. Um, but to be honest, I'm probably not going to get to that for a while because I love paperback books for the most part. Like I'm a paperback yeah. girl. And so most of the time when new releases are coming out, I will wait for the paperback, which means probably another year from when that book comes out, right. considering I'm going to have to wait because I need to reread all this other stuff. That's probably fine. Um, but for certain things like Stephanie Garber books, I'm always going to get the hardcover, you know, other stuff like oh, that. Absolutely. Aside from anticipated new releases, do you have books that you know you really want to get to in the second Absolutely. half of the year? <laughs> There's um, one book that's like on my number one list called Belladonna by Adeline Grace. Mm -hmm. And just, it's one of those things that I saw everywhere and never got around to it. Um, and then the the sequel, Foxglove, comes out, I think in September. So I'm just not gonna wait. I think it actually it might even come out in August. And so I'm just gonna wait so I can read mm -hmm. at least two books together. And then mm -hmm. if it's gonna be a trilogy, so be it kind of thing. But it's just like my favorite Instagram, like bookstagrammers who always, love the exact same books that I do say this is like their favorite book last year and it's so like I love and I think there's a little bit going on where the hero is also the villain I love that trope like when the hero is the villain I mean got some of that in the bridge kingdom and I think it's like I'm so behind it actually like kind of the prison healer too but not really but yeah I love that trope um that's number one on my list um also Again, waiting for the series to be completed. Uh, the Realm Breaker series by Victoria oh, yeah. Aveyard, who wrote Red Queen, which used to be my all-time favorite series until I read Caraval. Mm -hmm. And I, I got Realm Breaker from the library, I think last year. And I was about to start it. And I was like, I cannot do this to myself. I just, I, she's such a great author. And she and writes cliffhangers. epic reads with huge cliffhangers. Like she's really good at like, like, yes, Caraval is epic, but really there's only like four characters in Caraval, mm -hmm. you know, like Victoria Aveyard writes these epic reads, the million characters, but it's not overwhelming and it's just mm -hmm. awesome. And I am with the last book in the series comes out in January and I will absolutely, I'm waiting. I'm not reading like two books. I'm reading, waiting for it to be completed. We should Those read that my, together actually. Oh Yeah. No, I'm so freaking excited about that one. What other one? Yeah, those are my biggest ones that I'm like, I'm not touching these. And then obviously I'm going to read Fourth Wing. Mm -hmm. We've talked about Fourth Wing enough, but like, I'm honestly like, I'm preparing myself not to like it as much as yeah. the hype, but I honestly just, I, I have to know like what the yeah. big deal is, you know? I think if you go into it with that expectation, you will enjoy it. Yeah. Right. Cause that's what I did. And I ended up enjoying it, right? Like, I'm not expecting it to be the best book I've ever read. I'm not expecting it to right. be the best book of the year, which like, you know, for you may read it and be like, wait, actually, this ticks all the boxes for me, right? Mm -hmm. Which would be awesome. I mean, I would reread it. I don't think I need to reread it before the sequel, but it is a book that I know what happens. I liked it, right? I really enjoyed it. If I was in a reading slump, I might read it to get me out right. of a reading slump. Cause there are parts of it where you're like, Oh my God, I need to go to the next part, especially with like the trial stuff. And then 
there are some huge like bombs in there that I actually forgot about until right now that like, you know, there are certain things about her family and then like, what about the other side of the war? And oh, okay. So one of the things that people complain about in fourth wing is that you don't get the broader world as much, which if it was a standalone, I would understand that criticism, but it's the first book in a sequel and really in a, in a, sequel, yeah. in a series and a series. the thing that you can easily tell is that the way that the first book ends, the second book is going to be a massive expansion of your perspective. And it's clearly going to include that. So I don't really understand that criticism as much. Mm -hmm. Um, But because of the way that it ended, I'm so interested to see what she's going to do with the expansion of the perspective, because the things that you learn at the end of the first book, and you're like, no, <laughs> like what? <laughs> so the cliffhangers are good. Um, I think you'll enjoy it, but again, just don't go into the, it like, oh my God, this book right. is going to change my life. It's going to be the best thing ever. Um, right. But speaking of worlds coming together. So I have heard so many conflicting things about these books, but I think I'm finally going to write, bite the bullet and read them. So speaking of Sarah J Moss, I have read all of her throne of glass books, which we both enjoyed mm-hmm. that series. And yes. I read her a court of thorns and roses series, which I didn't enjoy as much as throne of glass, because I think throne of glass is more epic fantasy and a court of thorns and roses is still fantasy, but it's more fantasy romance when, and she also tries to throw a little bit of like wars and stuff in there, which I think can kind of slow it down. But her Crescent City series, I've heard so many conflicting things about. Like some people love it. And again, best book of the year, like favorite book ever, like blah, blah, blah. And then especially the second book in that series, which I couldn't tell you what it is because she has so many. One of them is House of House of Earth and... Oh, shit. <laughs> it's like House of Earth and Blood. Yeah. like <laughs> House of something, something. I don't know. I forget what the second one is. Maybe that's the second one. I know that it's the Crescent City series, I think. Right. <laughs> Maybe. Whatever. So Maybe. <laughs> the second book, a lot of people had issues with because it really lagged in the middle or something. But then I heard and like semi got spoiled a little bit for the end of it. But honestly, it was so long ago. I kind of forget what it is. But there was like, again, as Sarah J. Voss does, bombshell like cliffhanger at the end of the second book where her worlds, she basically has said in the third Crescent City book, she's going to be connecting all three book series. And I'm like, well, shit, now I have to read it, right? That's epic. That's awesome. So I think I need to read it. (laughs) So I think I will be doing that at some point. And her, the third book in that series comes out also in Jerry, Jerry, wow, January. (laughs) Okay, that's pretty epic. Um. I thought of one more that actually this book came out yesterday. And so I could look, I'm prepared. I'm not sure if I'm going to buy it. Although I know it won't be at the library. So I don't know what I'm going to do, but it's uh, a soul of ash and blood. And by the same author, Jennifer, by Jennifer L. You have it. You have my copy. Um, She wrote from blood and ash. Still have it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's great. And so this book apparently it's like technically the fifth book in that series. Okay. But it's starting over from his perspective. Oh, she's doing the Twilight thing. <laughs> yeah. But it's like actually playing. It's not just like starting over from day one. Like something happens at the first 
beginning of the book where the girl essentially is I don't know in a coma or something like that okay and so he's like retelling her like everything from his perspective okay it's been long enough since I read um from blood and ash that I do and I loved it enough that I do Mm -hmm. want to read it yeah but I I know how these kinds of things go (laughs) yeah like I'm I'm prepared that this could be a disappointment yeah you know now that you mentioned I'm kind of in the read to mood Wow, I can't speak. What is happening? You're in the to me? mood I'm, to read. I'm in the read to mood. I'm in the mood to read from <laughs> Blood and Ash, I think. <laughs> you would yeah. It's it's pretty good. It's it does get a little slow. It's like it has a great first chapter. Mm-hmm. And then like 70 pages where it's slow. But then it's like it's it's great. Yeah. But it, well, it kind of I don't know, as the I loved the series. Don't get me wrong. It's still like a four or five star series but like the last book that I read like I think it was book four. Oh, the queen's one I don't know yeah maybe I, I felt like the author bad. it was like she kind of wrote herself into a corner Eek. like it almost got like you hear that this is the reason why um the game of thrones books which I've never read but you hear that that's why they, they will never be finished it's because mm-hmm. the author just completely wrote himself into a corner. It was okay. like from like a yeah. middle, uh, like a million POVs. Now, the book it's not from a million POVs, but it just the world got a lot bigger, and the heroine got to be like a more prominent role. Mm. That it's like the first book and the fourth book have like nothing in common with each other. It oh, seems so. It got okay. like a little too big, and I, I honestly and she is this author Jennifer, um, are. L. Armentrout. Um, she's written 70 books. Yeah. 70? Yeah, and she's not that old. Holy she, I, I mean, it's actually kind of cool. I think I follow her on Instagram. And she started as like an indie author. Like she just started writing books and no one, she couldn't get an agent. And so she mm-hmm. completely, I think 50% of her books are self-published. Yeah, that's awesome. And then, and then, you know, it took, you know, again, probably book 71 was from a blood and ash or something like that. And I think that's be, I think the rights got purchased to be made into a movie or a series or something like that. Damn. So again, go her. Yeah. So. Um, okay. Last thing I want to leave with actually, did we do everything? I think so. I think so. Yeah. That's good enough. Yeah. Yeah. We did Um, everything. Okay, last thing I want to leave with is books that I've been hearing about that from people who I have very similar (laughs) book tastes to that I've heard are really good. Um, And then we would love if you could all tell us about completed series that you Completed series. (laughs) You know what Um, we should do? We should just like go to like what one like good read fantasy of the year in like circa 2013 2014 when we weren't reading why have we never thought to do that before okay that's we should just like read those books when we stop recording that's what we're gonna do together yeah just make a (laughs) massive list oh my god okay so i've been hearing a lot about carissa broadbent whose books are on kindle unlimited fantasy romance slash epic fantasy people are calling her like the next sarah j moss but like you know, take that with a grain of salt. But I think what they mean is she does some books that are fantasy romance and some books that are epic fantasy. I've heard great things about this book called Daughter of No Worlds, which again is on 
Kindle Unlimited. I totally do- downloaded that. Yeah. Okay, I me too. too. Yeah, I totally, I totally downloaded it. I have not read it, but I did download it. Okay, I saw let's it. read it yeah, together. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then she has this other, which I think that is a series. So let's check if it's completed. But I think some people read it actually as a standalone. Um, and then she has this other, I think, ongoing series. So let's not start that yet. But I'm hearing great things about it's called The Serpent and the Wings of Night is the first book in her series. Also I downloaded that as well. Me awesome thing. <laughs> so I think I want to read those at some point too. It's funny. Like I, I could definitely tell, and this is why I read so much manga this year um, is like, I just really wasn't feeling like reading the stuff that I normally do. And so instead mm-hmm. of trying to like force myself to read books, because then it always ends up being like, I'm just not enjoying this even for books that I normally would enjoy. I was like, you know what? I'm basically just going to read comic books because right. this is fun. Why not? Um, and then I could tell that sometimes I was trying to force myself to read stuff. And then I was just like, eh, you know, I find that in those times where I like, don't feel like reading, which is like the worst mood ever to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're traveling and you don't feel like reading is if you want to read, either read something totally different than you normally yeah. do. Um, which is where the push came in. And that was like wild for me Um, or like read a nonfiction book. Like that's one thing I did want to mention. Like I don't read a lot of nonfiction, but the best nonfiction I've ever, ever read, I read this year, which is the body liberation product project by Chrissy King, um, which I did interview her on the podcast. So awesome. Cool. She was so cool. cool. Highly recommend. Um, Great book. Um, yeah. So I've been trying not to force myself to read, which sounds really funny. If you are talking to someone who doesn't read, they're like, what do you mean force yourself to read? Just like, don't read, you know, but I'm like, reading yeah. is one of my main hobbies. Like I, why don't Seriously, I like this? Like, hobby right do it? It's like, what do you do at night? Like if you, like, if you don't, I honestly, like, when people are like, I don't read and I don't watch TV. I'm like, what do you do after dinner time? Dinner in bed. Like you just like scroll through your phone for three hours. That is such a uh, weird time of day. What are you doing? No, I know. You know, and there have been different points of the year where you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, I really want to read that book. Right. And I've been feeling currently as swim season is we're currently in championship week, part one. And then next week is championship week, part two. So I'm like, basically pulling my hair out. I'm so tired. (laughs) It's like all the things. So all I have the capacity for right now is I thought would be something like the starless sea, which is like, you know, cozy fantasy. No, we're putting that on pause or like a fluffy romance, which hopefully is the, um, what am I reading? Love theoretically, but we'll see. But those are the books that I've heard good things about too. Oh, I did download the bridge kingdom. Oh, thank goodness. The, ser- <laughs> the serpent, the wings of night. I did download that as well. Those are like the ones that like, yeah, I have downloaded and ready to go. And again, I did um, download the bridge kingdom. And so, and I loved it so much that I do plan on just reading more of Daniel, Danielle L. Jensen. So it's like stolen songbird again. I have no idea what it's about, but oh, I'm like, yeah. Wait, it has is, to be decent if it's by this author. Is and also, the bridge kingdom a standalone? Cause I know she has a lot of other books. No. So it's interesting. It's the bridge kingdom is both a series and a duology. So two books are currently out and those are about, no, three books are currently out. And the first two are about the same characters, but okay. then books four and five are basically about different characters, mm-hmm. but it's a companion book, like companion duology taking place at 
I think like book four, no, book three, the same, it's the same timeline as book two. And then we'll have new stuff in book four and book four comes out, I think this fall. So I'm not reading book three until book four (laughs) comes out. And then, but she says it's going to be five and six. So I'm not sure if it's going to be three duologies all overlapping or what's going to happen. I'm very sad. And I had, I've been recommending this book to everyone. I've had a couple of friends read it and they, they just like kept reading. I forgot to tell them like, don't read book three. And they all were so sad when they started it and realized it was like, not about those two main characters. Cause the two characters oh. are freaking awesome. And they, they did end up loving it, but they said they didn't love it as much as books one and two. I think that kind of happens with Carnival though, right? It's like you follow Scarlet and then you follow Tessa. That's her name's right. <laughs> yeah. But then you end up like loving her. And yeah. so I think that once book four is out, I'll love those characters. If I can yeah. read their whole story versus yeah. just like half of it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm excited to be back in a reading mood. Hopefully it'll get even better once swim season's over and I actually have time to read aside from just audiobooks, which is yeah, really all I've had time for. Um, but yeah, please send your series recommendations. Um, and before everyone yells at me, yes, I do have Mistborn on my list. <laughs> You're what born? Mistborn, the Mistborn series by Brandon Sanderson. I have gotten recommended this oh. so many times. Um, but oh, it's a, really? it's similar to a Red it. Rising thing, I think, where there's like Mistborn Era One is complete, and then Mistborn Era Two is not complete. But you can oh, got it. Just read the first. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We're, we're so bad at ending these things. We like start before you hit record. Yeah. And then we're just like, and. And done. We're done. Oh my God. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Happy reading. Bye.